is up, everybody? This is Amets. I'm here with B-Pimp, and you are listening to the Whiskey Sessions podcast, episode 106. What's up, B-Pimp? I'm just really excited to get this episode going. I love the topic. I love the topic, too. Uh, for the folks at home, if you need a reason to stick around, here you go. Best commercial jingles of all time. We're going to be counting down our top five from that. But before we do, as you know, this is the Whiskey Sessions podcast, which means we got to be drinking a whiskey. And I have a very special one uh, to test out. This is, we don't usually go this fancy, but this has signature in the title, Kirkland Signature. And I'm drinking their blended Canadian whiskey. I love everything I've had that is Costco brand has been good. So I have, I have high hopes for this. I do too. So this bottle, and because I don't think Costco sells anything smaller, it's a 1.75 liters under $20, which means if it were a normal bottle I buy, which would be 0.75 liters, it'd be coming right in around the $8 mark. So that's almost as cheap as it gets. That's a price point that you can live at. It is. So with that in mind, of course, if the whiskey's bad, the whiskey's bad. I give it the boot. But boy, that's a great price. It is. Uh, so this this whiskey is, it's aged six years. It's 40% alcohol by volume. Uh, they call it a complex, handcrafted Canadian whiskey, aged six years in charred white oak barrels and blended to achieve a perfect balance of flavors. And it's a, uh, imported into Louisville, but a product of Canada. I wonder why they have to import this into Louisville. What's the point? There's some guy in Louisville who's got a racket going. Is it like the American law that it has to go through Louisville at some point? <laughs> there must be. Yeah. All right. Uh, I'm drinking this on the rocks. My normal glass that I drink from that's been on the cover of uh, one of our albums. Oh, yeah. Or was it the boy? I get my covers confused. Yeah, that's right. Right. Yeah. Okay. The first one. The first one. Yeah. I'm excited for this because Canadian whiskeys are usually good. I'm biased, but I, I would, it would be good to know if Kirkland's is good too. Yeah. I would like to know on a future episode, I'm also going to have their, uh, scotch, but is that right? Yeah. So I know once upon a time we've had their bourbon. Yeah. And I have to research. I can't remember if we put it on the smooth train or not. Um, but I'm actually glad that I don't know because I, I do want to give this a fair shot without any preconceived notions of whether Kirkland brand whiskeys would go on the smooth train or get the boot. But uh, yeah, we'll see here. Yeah, I've already poisoned the well a little bit with my effusive praise of both Canadian whiskeys and Kirkland brand. The smell is good. Pretty kind of like a lot of Canadian whiskeys, not like a really strong smell. And I see that it's solid. got the, yeah, and it's got the light color that you normally see with the mm -hmm. Canadian whiskey. And now the taste. Ooh. Oh, interesting. So the taste had this, the first sip had this kind of funny thing going on. It actually hit my tongue quite smooth from the outset. And then immediately, I, I would say one to two seconds later, it did this deep dive into my throat of spice that I actually wasn't quite ready for. And it was a little bit unexpected because I thought this was going to come in super smooth. It ended up not being like particularly smooth. Um, 
but it was interesting and I don't hate it. Let me give this another sip. Yeah, let's see what the second sip with a little bit more info under your belt. What are, what are we going to hear? Yeah, it does this two-part upfront taste and then a deeper seated taste, which I don't feel like is uncommon to whiskeys, but it does it at what feels like almost a fast forward. Like it does, it's a really quick one-two punch. It's like the flash. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. The way it's sitting after the couple sips is, it's not bad. I still feel it in my throat. I don't really get, I'm not getting much of like a warming sensation. I think that's, that's something I've noticed with Canadian whiskeys. That you don't get that? Yeah. Yeah. Less so, less so than other types. Definitely. It's not, it doesn't have like that kind of syrupy heavy aftertaste. It almost feels like I get a little bit of syrupy from the outset, but then it dissipates. Uh, all right. I'm going to give it a third sip to make my final call. The third sip. Number three. I got to say, it doesn't do anything wrong. And you almost expect at the price point for it to do something wrong. Um, but it it really is a... I mentioned the one-two punch is a little bit interesting, but it settles pretty evenly. It doesn't have any kind of metallic taste, which you kind of would expect with something a little bit cheaper. And... For that reason, and the price point is right, let me tell you, folks, uh, worth that Costco membership. I am putting Kirkland Signature Blended Canadian Whiskey on the smooth train. I love it. I'm sure you know that Kirkland, Kirkland Signature brand whiskeys or booze of, in general is always made by like a name, like a label. Do you know? Are you familiar with that? I... I think I heard that once and I forgot that that was the case. Do you want to know who just, who made what you just drank? Uh Oh, am I about to contradict myself? No, I think it supports what you did. What, what happened? Um, yeah, I don't even think I could guess who crown Royal. No shit. It's not crown Royal whiskey, but it's made by crown Royal. Oh, isn't that interesting? That is interesting. I didn't know that. I just looked it up because I wanted to, Cause I thought like, I know that they do that. Cause like they're, uh, they have a bourbon that's made by maker's mark. They have like other distilleries make stuff for them under their label and it won't be advertised. I think it's just like, you can find on if you Google, you can find like which company makes all their stuff, but. Interesting. Yeah. Cause it doesn't have it anywhere on the label. Yeah. Crown Royal. All right. Well, yeah. I mean, uh, I enjoy it. The price point is great. Uh, when you are in Costco getting your frozen meats and tires and <laughs> 4,000 packs of toilet paper, get yourself uh, some of this uh, delicious Canadian whiskey. Love it. All right. We have another round of my favorite game in the world to do. Uh, for folks who might have missed the last episode or missed a bunch of other episodes, Shame on you. Go ahead and listen to all 105 episodes and then come back to this one. Uh, but we're in the middle of the seventh round of Let's Get Personal. So, Brian, do you want to explain to the folks at home kind of what this game is about? Yes. So um, in this episode, Andy will give me a person's name and I will have to guess, does that person's Wikipedia article 
contain a section labeled personal life or not? Really straightforward. You might guess that maybe people who are less famous would not have a personal life section. Sometimes people are so famous, they don't have a personal life section or it's just dispersed in different categories. So you really, you never know. For the folks at home, I mentioned that we're in the middle of a, the seventh round and we always do five names per round each. So after uh, six and a half rounds, essentially, I have guessed correctly on 21 out of 35 names. And B Pimp, since I'm about to rattle off some names for you, you're currently at 15 out of 30. So you're a little bit behind. If you get five out of five correct, you end the round only being down one, which is just like, you're right there. If you get four out of five, you're only two away and you're within striking distance, certainly. If you have a bad round though, I gotta say, I, I might be putting some distance between us. Yeah, I'm feeling a little pressure on this one to perform. Oh, definitely At feel least pressure. decently, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to do some Jedi mind tricks too in letting you know that I think you have all the opportunity in the world to do well on this one because this category <laughs> is Heroes of the 2005 White Sox World Series team. Oh, you just, you made a mistake here, my friend. All right. Well, we will see. Uh, I mean, there's some, there's some kind of obscure ones in there. Uh, but yeah, without further ado, let's get into it. These, this is Let's Get Personal. Let's get personal. Personal. Perfect. All right, B-Pimp, are you ready? You mentally prepared? I'm ready. Okay. Your first hero is a starting pitcher yet did not get a win in the World Series. Instead, he got a save. Game three, Mark Burley. Mark Burley, Missouri native. Um, there's rumors that he was drunk when he got that save because he was mm -hmm. drinking in the bullpen, which is great. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and say that Mark Burley does. Yes, he does have a personal life. Great start. One for one. Mark Burley indeed does have a personal life section. One of my favorite pitchers, too, because Mark Burley game is going to be hour, over in two hours and 15 minutes. I saw Mark Burley against Mark Mulder when the Oakland A's came in town in the early 2000s. That game was over in an hour and a half. <laughs> I mean, that's, almost, <laughs> that's almost too quick. You like can't even get a second beer in that amount of time. No, it was amazing how quick that game was. Um, all right. Uh, your second name. He was the World Series MVP. Jermaine Dye. Jermaine Dye also played for Oakland. Oh, what is I don't you know what? I'm just gonna go ahead and say I don't think Jermaine Dye does have a personal life section. Ding ding ding. You are two for two. He does not have a personal life section. What do I know about Jermaine Dye's personal life? Nothing. I think Jermaine Dye probably wanted it that way. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. You're number three. Uh, well-known among the White Sox faithful. He wasn't the World Series MVP, but he was the ALCS MVP leading up to the World Series. Paul Konerko. Polly. Um, I like Paul Konerko. He's one of, my, one of my favorite players. I've definitely read his Wikipedia page before. I know that. I, he doesn't have like a super well-publicized personal life, and I think he's like actually made it clear that he did not want to get involved with baseball anymore after he retired. But... Despite that, I'm going to say he does have a personal life section. 
You are doing well, my friend. That is three, four, three. Yes. It does have a personal life section. All right, we got two left. Uh, yeah, you know, if you get both of these, you're only going to be one down. So pressure's on. Um, <laughs> this next one, not didn't light the world on fire with his bat during the World Series, but boy, uh, just a solid infielder, second baseman, um, and somebody I entirely forgot about until I looked this up. Uh, but the second baseman, Tadahiro Iguchi. Love Tadahito. He uh, sadly ended up on the Phillies and kind of flamed out after that. Um, but I think he then went back to Japan and had like a few more years of being good in NPB. Um, this is just stalling, but I'm, my gut instinct with him is that he does not. And I'm just going to go with it and say no. Your gut is on the money. Four for four. Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, for the folks that listened to the last episode, I was four for four uh, as well, but then I missed the final one. Uh, so this one is really important. This pulls you within one. So that, that means next time we play, you have all the chance in the world to surpass me. And this final World Series hero was the winning pitcher of game four, which as you know, was the final game. He's been a pitcher on the Seattle Mariners. I've actually seen him before at an Adidas store in downtown Seattle before, and he was much larger than I expected him to be. Uh, but this is often known as the chief. He shut out his opponent in uh, game four, Freddie Garcia. Love Freddie. Saw his first start with the White Sox after they traded for him in 2004. Um, was very excited. Uh, we knew each other at that. Well, no, actually, that was probably before we knew each other, right? Because we would have met probably 2006. I think probably 2004 or five. Oh, yeah. No, you're right. That might have been around the same exact time. Um, Freddie's great. He is. He's like 6'4", 240, I think. He's yeah, a big when I saw dude. him, he seemed enormous. I mean, he had like a posse around him, too. But uh, yeah, big dude. Yeah. Big dude, even bigger because his Wikipedia page has a personal life section. Oh, I hate to break it to you. Wikipedia page surprisingly does not have a personal life section. Damn it. Freddie, right, you well, failed me. Four for five, though. I We both did four for five in this last round, which is great because we've now like safely gotten away from basically being as good as a random person guessing. Yeah. So that means, uh, Brian, you're now at 19 uh, for 35. Right. Uh, I'm at 21 for 35. So still two ahead, but that that's without question. That's still within striking distance. We have a couple more strong performances. We're both going to have really good percentages here. I think so. Um, all right. Let's get to the top five of this episode because I'm excited to talk about it. And I had talked with you, Brian, about whether we wanted to do like little clips of how the jingles went or if, damn it, we need to sing these ourselves. And I think that's what makes a commercial jingle memorable. Can you sing it yourself? Even if you get a couple things wrong, can you get the gist of it? So we're going to do that. Um, but without further ado, let's get into it. These are our top five commercial jingles. More than four, less than six. It's the top five. All right, my number five, um, and mine are really a mix of local and national ads. 
This first one is definitely national, maybe international. Uh, but it's the Subway $5 Footlong song. So everybody knows, this is actually the hardest one to sing probably because it, it's it kind of has like a almost eerie harmonizing to it, but it's really catchy and it has just like a good rhythm uh, to the songs, but it's the five, five dollar, five dollar foot long, da -da 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 -da. and then they kind of changed that melody depending on what month it was, but uh, great song. Out of all the other horrific <laughs> commercial choices Subway has made, um, this one was on the money. Yes, I, I can agree with that. That's a that's an earworm. Yeah. All right, what's your number five? My number five is Rattle Rattle Thunder Clanner. Boom, boom, boom. Don't worry, call the car X, man. Ooh, <laughs> I like it. <laughs> that's my, I'm gonna, you're going to get a real glimpse into how great of a singer I am with these, but... Um, I like the Car X jingle. Mine are mostly local because I feel like the ones that just stick in my head the most that I can, that I'll always, like I just catch myself randomly during the day. Some, one of these will just be going through my head and I'm like, part of me, it's, it depresses me because it's like those advertisers really got in my brain. Mm -hmm. And then the other part of me is like, yeah, but I didn't go, I don't go to Car X every other day without like realizing it. So it's not that bad. Yeah. They didn't get you. Yeah. Well, and I think the thing is with the local, I, I, I don't know about you, but I had, I think it was like 2009, 2010. Part of an internship I had was doing traffic studies. And a lot of it was just sitting in a car and I had like an oversized, almost Game Boy looking device where I would count cars passing through an intersection and counting like what directions they went if they turned left or turned right and i would do that for hours during like a peak period from like i needed to do it from seven to ten in the morning or from four to six in the evening to see how many cars went through that intersection so eventually traffic people could decide if they needed to change the lights or whatever it was uh but when doing that, I listened to car radio nonstop, and I really had never listened to that much before. And I listened to mostly talk sports radio because that's kind of, for me at least, kept me the most awake. It's hard to actually listen to music radio for that long. Uh, but I heard so many of those kind of ads, and they just stay in your brain. Yeah. It's so hard to get them out. <laughs> I get it. And I think those radio commercials stay in your head a lot more than like a TV commercial would. Yeah, I think it's because they 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 know that the only thing that they have to to really stick with you is the audio. Like, there's no visual component, so they they that's that's why I'm surprised that jingles are not more widespread. Like, they're only in major like a few major cities that have like advertising centers. They're not like some people living in certain parts of the United States are like, "What are you talking about?" If you mention radio jingles. Oh yeah, I, and I think I could be wrong, but I, I do feel like Chicago's the epicenter for it. I think Chicago and New York. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right. My number four is give me a break. Give me a break. Break me off a piece of that Kit Kat bar. Perfect. I don't even like Kit Kats that much. Well, actually I do, but I don't really buy them. And that song is just perfect. I like, I was trying, I know we have a delay because we're doing this over Zoom, but like the office when, um, Andy Bernard cannot remember what 
that jingle is for and he keeps finishing it with different things like fancy feast <laughs> that's that always cracks me up that's funny i have not seen that episode but that's a hilarious idea that you could not remember what product that is for he would get to the end every time and then jim's like no nobody tell him and he would be like break me up a piece of that kit or he would, i think he said fancy feast uh he said like 20 different things that were all like not even close to kick get bart gray poupon <laughs> All right, what's your number four? My number four is an interesting jingle because it's like a slow burn with a weird tag on it. And it's Gerber Collision and Glass, which goes like this. Gerber Collision and Glass. We come highly wreck amended. That is such a great ad. It's it's not a double dip, but that is on my list. That's the the in between the wreck, there's like a little honk. It's like, well, rack, ha, ha, amended. The great thing, like, there's two different versions of that song because they switch it at some point. One of them is the double honk. I think it, it's either an earlier version or a later version. I'm not sure. But one of them actually has the sound of a tire skidding and a crash in between. Oh, that's right. Yes. So they switched it. But, yeah. oh, my God, I'll have more to say on it later. But that is an amazing song. It's just it was just fun now to just poorly sing it. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I'm so happy you put it on your list, honestly. Yes. Um, all right, my number three, uh, my last national one is, uh, even though I do not drink this, the best part of waking up is Folgers in your cup. Nice. It's like easy to remember. I think it's just about perfect. Uh, and I apologize for doing a spoken word version. Let me actually sing it. The best part of waking up is Folgers in your cup. Love it. They need to hire me for that. Because I haven't seen one of those commercials in a while. No, and you just nailed it. Yeah, right? Exactly. They can just take that track and add it and just send me a check. Well, if you, well, yeah, send you a check. That's the key part. Yeah, send me the check first, <laughs> then take it. Yeah. All right, we are on your number three. Yeah, my number three, I, I don't regret putting it number three, but I can't remember any of the numbers that go before this. So I'm going to cheat a little bit when I sing it. It's the empire carpet jingle. All I can remember is empire at the end. I don't know. I can't remember the phone number. So maybe it failed a little bit. No, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I forget the number two, but guess what? My friend, this is a double, double dip, double dip, double, double dip. Empire. I love that we both put it right in the middle empire, right in the middle of the list. Well, what I like is, and I don't think Chicago people actually realize this. Or maybe they do, but it's, it's a Chicago company. And when the commercial first started, it's, I, I forget what the number is too, but it's like five, three, three, two, eight hundred empire. That's yes. like definitely not what the number is, but, but then because empire is actually a national chain now, and I have seen a commercial for them in the Bay area, they do 800 and then they go into the song. And I don't know when that addition was made, but it's a, uh, I like that the original song is great. When they realized they had to make that addition, they nailed it. You also used that in a song that you made, right? Oh yeah, I've sampled it uh, for a song I did uh, with uh, one of my neighborhood friends, Parker, who's gone on to do a whole lot of music stuff. He got His group got to open for Macklemore on a tour once. But um, yeah, super great jingle, made for a really fun thing to sample. And uh, 
I, I cannot disagree with where you put it. It's great. It's, it is the quintessential, I think, Chicago jingle too. Yeah. I love the guy, the empire guy too. Oh yeah. Um, all right. What's your number two? Oh yeah. We're going right to my number two. Cause it was a double dip. My number two is very similar. It's seven, seven, three, two, Oh, two. Boop, 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 boop. Luna. I do love the boop, 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 boops and Luna. Yeah. It makes it. I, I think that's a great jingle. I couldn't put it on my list cause it's, it's too similar to empire for me, but it really, the Luna at the end is just kind of nice. It's very smooth and I like the boop, boop, boop. And I think it is similar. It's probably derivative, but I also have a dog named Luna. So then it just ratchets it up even higher of awesomeness that I have to put it on there. I totally understand that. Uh, and that makes sense. But yeah, that's, I, I think if people think of Empire as the quintessential Chicago jingle, Luna is always in that conversation too. Yeah. Uh, all right. My number one, you said it already. It's Gerber Collision and Glass. I love, love it. this song, but I think it's the tone of the guy's voice I really like too, because I, it just always starts with driving in my car, beep, beep. <laughs> and then the joke, <laughs> the inside joke that we have, that Maggie and I have is just, I don't know, it's probably not that funny. I mean, I guess making it an inside joke, but uh, we always just go driving in my car, beep, 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 <laughs> And then we just continue the song like that. But I was no, listening that, that to it, is like, funny. I was listening to it earlier and like the lyrics are great. It's it's like funny. Um, it's just it's a perfect jingle. I, I love thinking of because you're right. I for, even forgot about the beginning part. But like at some point they were probably like giving notes to a voice actor and they're like, you need to be more like like what would you even call that? It's like be more crotchety or something crotchety like, and like nasally it's like how yeah. nasal can you make your voice and they're like like this Gerber collision and they're like nailed it <laughs> perfect you did it yeah it's that's a great ad I love it I'm so uh, happy right. that's your number one what is your number one my number one is probably one that you've never seen or heard of because it's a very local in my youth Chicago one it's for a Ford dealership called Golf Mill Ford. Okay. And they had a big, huge guy named Stu towing a car on the commercial. And this was the jingle. Do like Stu and you'll save too. Push it, pull it, tow it to Golf Mill Ford. That's good how brilliant. How brilliant is that? That's really good. I've not seen it since 1993, probably. I'll never forget that. I'll always remember that commercial in its entirety. That's how you know it should be your number one, too. If the commercial has not existed for 28 years and it is still seared into your brain. Yes. Then, yeah, that's uh, that's a number one if I ever heard one. Do you have any honorable mentions that that just missed your list? Or maybe if you have some dishonorable mentions, I wouldn't mind hearing those either. Oh, I didn't think about this. I bet I can come up with a dishonorable. My honorable was Feldco. Oh, Feldco is a good one. I forgot about that one dishonorable you know like i wish i would have thought about this do you let, let, let me let you do your honorable mentions and i'll think about if i have a dishonorable okay i don't know if this one's exactly an honorable mention but i think it's one of the funnier chicago jingles because it's supposed it's supposed to be known as like on that that level of empire and luna and i don't think it actually is but it does get a lot of play 
it's the United Auto Insurance. And I think that song is so funny because it just like keeps going. You think like the song, the jingle is going to end, but it goes and it's like United Auto Insurance, seven, seven, three, two, oh, two, two hundred. And then it's like, okay, that should be the end of it. Chicago, <laughs> we got you covered. It's like, Jesus, end. Oh, that's a great point. Uh, and then the ones I hate, uh, but are still stuck in my head. The cars for kids. Oh God. Oh yeah. You're right about that. And then there's one other Chicago ad that I think is awful. And I don't even remember what they sell, but it's, it's a place called Chico or like John Chico. And this like, I, I bet these don't even run anymore, but he has something called Chico's chicks. And it's just like a few women that sing, uh, they sing bingo, but with John Chico's names. And it goes C-I-C-C-O, John Chico was his name Oh, That's like the ad. It's the worst thing I've ever heard. Oh my God. I don't, I'd never heard of that. And I'm ashamed. I, I, I feel like I should have. I, I gotta think it's been on like 670 The Score at, at some point. It's terrible. That is really bad. The only thing I can think of that comes to mind is like a dishonorable would be, I really don't like though. Remember those McDonald's filet of fish commercials where it's like a talking filet of fish clock, almost like a cuckoo clock. Oh, no, I didn't. Give me that filet of fish. Give me that fish. It was like a, I, it was on, there's a weird thing with like some streaming services that have ads. They'll just replay the same one every commercial break. So like some, and it'll just go through for like a few months. It'll just be all you see. And I remember Lisa and I were watching something. It might have been on Hulu where we had before we had Hulu without ads. And it was just playing every 15 minutes. And at some point I was like, I'm going to go crazy. And this new story will be he went crazy because of this filet of fish ad. Yeah, that uh, those kind of things, they do play the same ads over and over again. But you have Hulu without ads, Mr. Now, Richie Rich. Now, yes, now we do. Now we do. Yes. Wow. We Just we throwing sp- money away. <laughs> when this was that was all a way for me to brag about the Hulu without ads. <laughs> I knew it. Know. You were just like, how can I talk about the fact that I pay four dollars more per month than everybody else? Hmm. I've been trying since episode seventy-five to get away. <laughs> yeah, to sneak it in there. Hulu yeah. without ads. Wow, Mr. Moneybags. We can never. <laughs> set up a patreon because people will know that you're just throwing the money away <laughs> episode 106 has evidence that we should not give this person any patreon money yeah the one other ad i was thinking of that i just freaking hate is uh liberty insurance all the ad all the jingle is is just saying liberty four times it goes like liberty 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 oh that's yeah terrible. that's not yeah that's, that's almost not even a jingle yeah, yeah. Uh, but that's awful. Um, all right, folks at home, if you've got jingles that we forgot about, maybe from back in the vault, let us know about it. Uh, we'd love to hear them. You can hit us up on our uh, Twitter, of course, that's at Whiskey Sessions, or email us, whiskeysessionsmusic at gmail.com. That's where you can find us there. And we will definitely read your email on a future episode, but we got to get to the emails that we have in the old inbox for this episode. So let's do it. These are your emails. Sent us emails to read emails, and now we'll read them. All right, Brian, what do we got in the old email inbox? 
Well, uh, it seems like we've got somebody who's just listened to our last episode and wasn't too happy. Uh, Dear Whiskey Sessions, my band's name is Mr. Poopy and the Toilets. And why did you not include us in your best band names list? Are you still holding a grudge over that time we defaced your lawn? Disrespectfully, Mr. Poopy. Wow. Uh, I would like to hear the toilets weigh on this. Um, it's not a yeah, does Mr. Does Mr. Poopy speak for the whole band? I mean, I do think like he, once he got the, if he got them to go by the name, the toilets, you'd think there'd be some kind of <laughs> agreement there that he, he doesn't speak for all of them. Yeah. That was, it reminds me of like for one show, I think it was just one show. Uh, my band was called the Andy Metz explosion, which was just <laughs> terrible. I mean, I knew it was the placeholder until we came up with the real name, but I was like, Oh, this is awful. When was, was that in a, in Chicago or was that that was before? yeah I think that was I want to say that was before so it was like an early iteration of Hero Monster Zero and I think it was just I think that was probably just Ryan on drums and then Steve on bass so before oh, Chris Steve. joined and before Jesse joined I forgot about Steve Steve was a character yeah uh, so I think for a show we were just the Andy Metz explosion that's great which I didn't give two thoughts about it, but then like was like, eh, this is bad. You weren't animats in the toilets. <laughs> no, but Mr. Poopy in the toilets, that's not a bad band name. I would have considered it. I just it's got a ring to it. Yeah, yeah. it really does. Um, mine is, I have an email of the very same vein. People, I guess are like really hot on that episode of best band names. I think what happens is like they hear certain things, certain things that we have as our themes really inflame their imaginations. And then we get mm. those emails really quick. Yeah, this one says, hey, jerks, not a great start. On your last episode, you forgot about the best band name of all time, Hoobastank. Please correct. And this is from Doug in Agora Hills, California. Hoobastank might be the worst band name ever. (laughs) It it might be. I can't think of like one that I just I hear and I'm like, ugh. There's one called, there's a British band that the name was Carter's Unstoppable Sex Machine. And that one always really just bothered me because it's like, it's Unstoppable Sex Machine, which is oh, fine. He's probably being ironic, but then he had to call it Carter's Unstoppable Sex Machine and like take ownership of it, which is yeah. just the mind that would get there. I, I don't, I don't want to be in that mind. No. And I think the funny thing about Hoobastank too, is that I remember they were like one of the key bands that played at the elbow room, which I love the elbow room and, you know, it's a pretty small venue. And so they would, you know, talk about bands that have played there before, but one of the ones that always came up was, yep. Early years of Hoobastank came through the elbow room. <laughs> I was like, Oh, great. Sharing the same stage as Hoobastank. <laughs> you know what? The, another band that played there that they claim is a claim to fame is rat with two T's, which is a great name because they just mm-hmm. took rat and said, It'll, rat with one T is boring and it's just a rat. But then if you add another T to it, it's metal. I agree with that. I think I if think you add, yeah, just another letter to a normal name, that kind of works. And it's very you, metal. If you do that, or if you replace other letters with K's for mm-hmm. comedic effect, then like Krusty the Clown, like you're, it's metal. Is Krusty the Clown a metal band? Yeah. Oh. No, it's not. But I'm just using that as an example so people don't think I'm talking about like the KKK or something like that. Well, I don't think people think you're talking about that, but I will say if you're thinking about starting a metal band, you should a hundred percent go with Krusty the Clown. 
thought you were going to say KKK. <laughs> nope, you shouldn't go with that. <laughs> You're not, not going to get booked. <laughs> You're not going to get booked <laughs> anywhere with that name. I don't know if that's, that, that is the problem with that name. I was like, you know what? Hey, great name, but you're not going to get booked. Carter's Unstoppable Sex Machine changed <laughs> its name to KKK. That is like the only thing that is worse than that name. Yeah. It goes Hoobastank, Carter's Unstoppable Sex Machine, KKK. Those are your three worst band names of all time, theoretical just, or otherwise. We just got you 60% of the way to an episode of Worst Band Name Top 5. I think we, because we have talked about doing funniest band names and we've talked about uh, doing, I think we should also do worst band names. Yeah, let's do it. I agree. That's now the plan. All right. Well, to folks at home, uh, of course, send us an email to whiskey sessions, music at gmail.com. If you have any thoughts at all, but if you have ideas for like these folks did for best band names, great, but we're gearing up for the funniest or the worst band names. So if you got ideas for that, again, send it to whiskey sessions, music at gmail.com. Do not forget that we spell whiskey with an E like all good Americans until next time though, be pimp. Do you have any words of wisdom for our listeners? Add an extra uh, consonant to the end of your name to make it a metal band. Yes, 100%. Uh, all right, until next time, this is Amat saying peace out. And be pimp. Bye. Bye.